Praise the Lord. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience, where we want you to experience the power of the true and living God. Welcome to the Lively Stone Temple Experience. We are one church in four locations. Please visit LivelyStoneTemple.org for additional information. This is the last episode for the year 2021, and I am excited about 2022. So we want to give all the glory, praise, and honor to the true and living God, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because without him, we are absolutely nothing. Amen. We also want to give the honor to our pastor, Bishop Paul M. Capers who is the corporate pastor for Lively Stone Temple Apostolic Ministries. He is also the presiding prelate for the Christian Apostolic Fellowship of Churches International Incorporated. We also want to give the honor to Elder Seth Capers and Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. They are the assistant pastors to Lively Stone Temple, Columbia, South Carolina. Your hard work, dedication, and commitment is appreciated, and we love you. Amen. And now we want to take the time to thank our listening audience because your time and support means a lot to us. You could be doing anything you want to do, but you decided to tune in and hear the word of God from this podcast. God loves you and so do we, and we hope that you have a blessed and happy new year. Amen. What I love about Lively Stone is that they teach and preach the word of God. You know, the leaders are not caught up with the opinions and philosophies of men. Amen. We are living in a time where people want to know and understand who God is without the word of God. And that's impossible. Because John chapter 1 verse 1 of the King James Version reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Amen. This message was recorded on December the 26th, 2021. The Word of God is being brought forth by Elder Joseph Lee Taylor Jr. Now let's follow along in our Bibles. Matthew 16 and verse 13, it says, When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Somebody say, my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want to read verse 18 again. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Join me in a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pull on your throne this morning for your help. God, I beseech you for a little more anointing and a little more grace and a little more favor and mercy for us to make it through this word this morning, God. Open up our eyes that we might see. Open up our ears that we might hear and strengthen our hands that we might hold on to the word of God that's given in this place on this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we need you. Father, we need the power that comes only unto your church. We need the grace that is abounding in your church, God. 
We need your help this morning to bring forth this word. God, kill Taylor right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Put me on, tie me to the horns of the altar and burn me up as a sacrifice unto you that I might decrease so that you might increase the more. Hide me behind the cross this morning, God, that people might see only you, hear only you, and be ministered to by you. This we ask in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Verse 18 again says, And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. For with the help of the Lord this morning, minute, if the Lord help me, I want to minister to you all from this morning, from the, from the thought, just give me the church. Just give me the church. Just, just, just give me the church. Just give me the church. I, I have found out uh, in 34 years of living at the church is really a wonderful place. It is the best organism that has ever been placed into the earth. There's nothing like God's church. There's nothing like this group of believers. Ain't nothing like us nowhere. Our style of worship, our brand of praise, the way we carry ourselves, walk, talk, live, dress, what we listen to, what we choose not to listen to, who we listen to, and where we go, and, and, and how we fellowship one with the other. It's just a unique way of us doing things, going from house to house and praying with each other, and, and, and the very things that we do that, that seem like foolishness unto the world. Uh, I, 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 you never would have told me before I got saved, a little unsaved knucklehead in the world, that one day I would be rushing to get to the church just to wash the feet of the saints, to wash the feet of someone else, that, uh, another brother of mine in the Lord. It, I would have thought before I got saved, Deacon Doby, I would have thought that stuff was foolishness. But uh, we do things that the world don't quite get. And uh, uh, Peter would call us a peculiar people one day. Didn't mean that we were strange, but it means we got our own way of doing things. And we are peculiar in the sense, not that we are strange or weird, but we're peculiar in the sense that uh, we belong to someone else. We are, there are certain plants that only grow in certain regions of the world. And those plants are peculiar to that region. And so we are peculiar to a region as well. We are peculiar to the kingdom of God. And the king in our kingdom, his name is Jesus. Amen. Uh, the church has been a place that has afforded me opportunities that my job has not afforded me. Uh, being saved at an early age. I got saved when I was 22. I remember my 21st birthday. Wasn't nobody praying, deacons. I mean, I remember that. I remember the night of my 21st birthday, and I won't tell y'all everything that happened, but I will tell you that the Holy Ghost makes a difference. Amen. I remember getting saved at 22 in Birmingham, Alabama at Woodland Park, AOH Church of God. Sunday evening, Elder Cedric Love was tarrying with me as I called on the name of Jesus to receive the precious gift, the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And after that, I've had the opportunity I was immediately thrusted into serving leadership. I was serving my pastor, and I found out in serving my leaders and just serving, it was a way for me to serve the Lord's church. 
And in learning the church, I began to serve. And I began to find out that I got to go places that my job never took me. I found out I got to stay in hotels that my college degree never let me do. I found out I got to see ministry on a level that I never thought I would, I would not have been able to see had I just been sitting in the pews. But God has afforded me many wonderful opportunities through his church. But one of the greatest opportunities he has afforded me is an opportunity to come out of my sin and be in a place where I can go on unto perfection and have the work of progressive sanctification take place in my life, Deke, and get me from worse to better and to get me from least to the most and get me from the back of the line and one day put me all the way in the front of the line, understanding that one day the last shall be first. This is what the church, this opportunity is that the church has afforded me. Ain't nothing like this thing that we've got. Ain't nothing like God's church. The organism, the church is a living system that has a distinct existence. The church in the Greek is the word ecclesia. The word is found in the New Testament for the first time. And this term is formed from the preposition ek, ek which means out of, from, among. And the word klesis, which means a calling. Thus, ecclesia refers to the called out body of people. This ecclesiastical group of folk that have been called out of the world. How many of you know that God told us one day to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And one and he called us out of the world. We were reading in Isaiah chapter 9 the other day at church in Bible class, where it said the children of Israel, the children of God, the people of God had seen a great light. Not only did God call you vocally, but he used the great light that is himself so that you can have something to guide you out of the darkness because it is a, it would be a poor leader that tells you to come out of the darkness but does not light the way for you to come out. And so I'm glad that the word of God has been a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And we found out that that light and that lamp led us directly into the Lord's church. One day it led you to a porch of repentance. You heard the gospel preached one day for how can they hear without a what? Preacher. Somebody had to preach you out of sin. Somebody had to come to you one day and say, did you know that you are dead in trespasses and sins? Somebody had to come to you one day and say, did you know that the soul that sinneth, it shall surely die? Somebody had to come to you one day and say, did you know that you are engaging in sin and sin will separate you from God? Sin will separate you from the healer. Sin will separate you from the savior. Sin will separate you from the deliverer. Sin will separate you from the keeper. Sin will separate you from the father. Sin will separate you from the one that has call, will call you out of darkness into his marvelous light. The New Testament term for church is used in three ways. First, it is used in a secular sense to describe an assembly of individuals. And that's exactly what we are, Deacon Dobie. When you think of church, don't think of this building with the four corners and the four walls. The church, the called out ones, the ecclesia, we are a group of people, an assembly of saints that come together with the dynamite power of the Holy Ghost resting, ruling, and abiding on the inside of us. There is nothing like 
God's church. Hallelujah. Uh, we will keep on reading here. We will find out that second, the word is used to describe the assembly of Israelites in the wilderness. However, the greatest usage of this word in the New Testament, appearing over 100 times, is to describe a group of believers in Jesus Christ. In this sense, the word ecclesia means, or church, means a group of people called out from the world and belonging unto the Lord. How many of you know that we belong to Jesus? If you are in his church, he bought you and he paid for you. Hallelujah. I remember the old saints used to sing a song. You bought me, Lord, you paid the price, and I belong to you. Unto you, unto you, Lord, I belong to you. And one thing I love about belonging to the Lord, that since I belong to him, he's got to see to my business. My health is his responsibility. My, my well-being is that's all on him. God, you bought me, and if you paid for me, you've got to be a good steward over over what you bought. And so it's God's job to preserve me. It's God's job to sustain me. It's God's job to keep me. It's God's job to hold me. It's God's job to reassure me. It's God's job to reaffirm me. It is God's duty and responsibility to make good on his investment, to make sure, Deacon Zimmerman, that he gets me from glory to glory and carries me from faith to faith. It's God's job to make sure that he creates a mechanism whereby I can stay covered and whereby I can stay protected. And that mechanism, that organism is called the church. Uh, I feel like some of us have given up on the church a little too soon. We've given up on it. We've decided because we've allowed the things that happen in the church to turn us against the church. But I've made up my mind and my young save time living for the Lord that I'm never going to blame God for something that one of his folk did. I don't care how much the saints aggravate me. I don't care how much the saints get on your nerves. I don't care how much God's people bother you. God ain't done nothing wrong and his church is still the best thing smoking in the earth. Ain't nothing like God's church. Ain't nothing like God's people. When you make your mind up to understand exactly what the church is, you begin to realize that you can take the church with you wherever you go. The church will be with you in your car. The church will be with you in your house. The church will be with you on your job. Can I tell you that ain't nothing like a bunch of saved folk getting together to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness. Ah, go magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Ah, this is what one of the major primary goals of the church is. The church has to come together. And I love what the Apostle Paul talks about in the book of Corinthians. He does his best to rid the church of things that are going to rob it of its ability to come together. So Paul begins to talk about schisms and divisions that are in the church. Hallelujah. Paul says, I've heard, I've read in a letter, it's been told unto me that there are schisms among you. Some people are saying, 
And I am of Apollos, and I am of Peter, and I am of Paul, and I am of Christ. But Paul asked the church at Corinth this question. What's wrong with y'all? Is Christ divided? It is not our goal as the church of God to brag about, I came up under this bishop, and I came up under that elder, and I came up under this pastor. And And those kinds of things put us at odds with one another in the church and rob us of the ability to come together and worship the Lord as brothers and sisters in Christ. And so Paul says, put that schism out from among you. And what I will, what should we do, Paul? He says, well, I'm determined to have not to know nothing named among you, save Christ and him crucified. I don't want to hear about what your old bishop did. I don't want to hear about what, how you serve the four years ago. What's 40 years if you ain't got no joy now? What's your old pastor good to you if you ain't got no happiness now? And what good is it doing you if all you're using it for is to bite against your brother in Christ and bite against your sister in Christ? Paul tells the church at Galata to be mindful because what you all are going to do is begin to devour one another. The church of God was not meant for us to be at each other's throats over infinitesimally small things but he put us together so that we can be together ah Deacon Zimmerman you're my brother come hell or high water you're my brother Sister Zimmerman come hell or high water God put us in this body together and you are my sister and nothing no bishop no elder no deacon no choir member no praise team member No small doctrine, no foolishness ought to be able to separate us from one another because we are the church of the living God. Can somebody shout hallelujah in here? Yeah, God put us together in a wonderful place. And not only is it called the, his church, but it's also called his kingdom. I am I marvel sometimes at how God took a little knuckle-headed boy that was suspended from school all the time, getting put out of his house all the time, sent to alternative schools and expelled from school and almost drunk in his way out of college. partying and drinking his way out of college and now sets me in a kingdom oh who wouldn't serve a God like this raggedy folk don't deserve to be priests raggedy folk don't deserve to be kings raggedy folk don't deserve to have royal garments and signet rings on their hands but God said let it be so and he put us he put people that were not worthy in a most worthy place. He put us in his kingdom. How many of you glad to be in the kingdom of God on this morning? You could be strung out, but you're in his kingdom. You could be in a loony bin, but he put you in his kingdom. You could be laid out on your bed of affliction, not knowing if you're going to make it the next hour, the next day, but here you are among your brothers and sisters 
and you want to lift your hands and say, Lord, I just want to thank you. Lord, I just want to thank you. How much you want to thank him for? I want to thank you for being so good. Since I've been in the church, you've been my bread when I was hungry. Since I've been in the church, you've been my water when I was thirsty. Since I've been in the old church, you've been clothed when I was naked. Since I came on the Lord's side, you've lit up my dark paths and told me where to go and how to stand. And my testimony today is, Lord, I just want to thank you. Hallelujah. Praise the name of our God. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And we're in a kind of kingdom that is closely related to God. And he stands as, excuse me here, as king in his kingdom. And who wouldn't serve a king like the one we've got? How many of you know that Jesus is the only true living king? He is the only king of kings and lord of lords. And there's no kingdom like the kingdom of our God. Hallelujah. Yeah, the Lord let us know in Psalm 68 and 6. That the Lord setteth the solitary in families, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. One day he found us solitary and by ourselves, and he set us in a family. And how did we come into that family, saints? We didn't just walk into this family. You couldn't pay your way into this family because Isaiah already said, come without money and come without price. You couldn't think your way into this family. Because the Bible already let us know that the wisdom of men is foolishness unto God. You could not muscle your way into the kingdom because the Bible already let us know that this is not by might and not by power, but it's by my spirit, saith the Lord. You could not break into this kingdom because the Bible already let us know that if any man come in any other way than the door... He's going to be a thief and a robber. So how'd you come into this family? Real easy, I'll tell you. A man named Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he said, good master, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Because no one can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. And Jesus says unto him, except the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. God. And Nicodemus said, what are you talking about? How can I be born again? Am I supposed to enter into my mother's womb again now that I am old? Jesus said, boy, you don't even get it. Let me help you out and make things real clear for you. Except the man be born again of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into this family. You ain't going to come in this family no way but other than the way that God says you're going to get in. And how many of you are glad to know that you came in the family God's way? Because if you sneak in my house, I can put you out. If you break in my house, I can put you out. But God said, I don't want you to break in. I want you to be born in. Hallelujah to God. Praise the name of our God. 
and he born us into his family and now you're in an individual family the local assembly called God's church we are not Lavistow's not all the family we're just a little piece of the family right over here in Columbia where we come to serve the true and living God and in this church in this family now that you're born again what God is going to do I told you earlier that my well-being is his responsibility because he bought me and I belong to him hallelujah and so now he's got to feed me so what is he going to feed me he's going to feed me some good bread and some good meat hallelujah and Jesus said well I am that bread that come down from heaven and but I'm not old enough to eat meat when I come into the kingdom and I can't process bread immediately like when I've just been born so I'm glad that Peter said as newborn babes you must desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow thereby and God put people in the church to give me the milk that I need so I can grow up unto full age and so in Hebrews chapter 6 he lets us know what that milk is he said you need the milk called repentance you need the milk called the doctrine of baptisms you need the milk called the laying on of hands you need the milk called faith toward God you need the milk called the doctrine of resurrection of the dead and you need the milk called the doctrine of eternal judgment and this is going to take you unto perfection because God wants you to grow in his kingdom. If you have been saved for a while and you hadn't grown yet, it's time to go back and get that milk, baby. Get them bones strong one more time. And God left me in a safe place so that I can be all that he wants me to be. He put me in the ark of safety. And in the ark, the elements can't get a hold of me. Do you remember Noah and his family? While they were on the ark, my God, the flood couldn't touch him. Death couldn't touch him. Decay couldn't touch him. God's preserving you in his ark right now. You want to know why you didn't lose your mind last week? Because God's preserving you. You want to know why the depression couldn't take you out? Because God's been preserving you. You thought it was your therapist? No. It was the wonderful counselor that counseled you out of that mess and said if you hold on for a little while longer stick with the family stick with the church and God's going to keep you God's going to preserve you kept by the power of God shout hallelujah in here yeah, 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 yeah. And so here we find out uh, that God is going to use us in this church uh, magnificently. But he's not going to use us beyond uh, an understanding of the foundation of the church. Uh, and so one day when Jesus is on the coast uh, of Caesarea Philippi, he's talking to his disciples. Uh, and he wants to know what the word on the street is. Uh-huh. And it's not that Jesus did not know saints uh, because he knows all, but he wanted 
us to see how the word on the street can influence the people of God. How many of you know that when you've got the truth, you better close your ears to all false doctrine because it will influence you out of the church of God. How many people were born into the truth, heard a lie and left it? How many people were rooted and grounded in this, heard a lie and left it? And so in verse 14, they said, some say, Jesus, Jesus asked, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, Jesus, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Well, we know John the Baptist had already been dead for a few years. So we know this can't be it. Now they said, some say you're Elias. Well, we know he's not Elijah because Elijah been dead. Some say you're Jeremiah. We know that's not true because Jeremiah been dead. And some say you're one of the prophets. This teaches us something about the world's knowledge of Jesus Christ. What the world has to say about Jesus is what it has always been wrong. My God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you want to find out about Jesus, you got to go where Jesus is being preached. You want to find out about Jesus, you got to go where Jesus is being taught. And so Jesus says unto them, well, who do you say that I, the son of man, am? This is what Jesus wants to know, Lively Stone Temple, Columbia. Who do you say that he is this morning? Oh, I believe you came out here this morning because you know who he is. Who do you say that he is? He asks his disciples, you hang out with me all day, every day. Do you know who I am? You get taught by me day in and day out. Do you know who I am? You eat with me and sup with me, walk with me and talk with me. Do you know who I am? Lively stone. Who do you say that Jesus is? Do you know him to be a healer? That's who he is. Do you know him to be a savior? That's who he is. Do you know him to be a keeper? That's who he is. I remember being lowest of my lows, down in a pit of my despair, but Jesus was the one who reached down and pulled me up. And that's who Jesus is to me. Jesus is the one that comforts me when I need comfort. He is the one that strengthens me when I need strength. And so he says, who do you say that I am? Peter standing up under the unction of the Father, under the unction of the Holy Ghost says, I know who you are. I didn't, I didn't learn this in college. I didn't learn this in my books. I didn't learn this on my own. He said, but thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. When Jesus is called the Christ, we're saying that he's the anointed one. And anointed to do what? Anointed to die. My God. Uh, the man came here for the soul purpose of dying for you and dying for you and dying for you and dying for me my God when the man did not have to die how is it that the only one that was guiltless died the death of the guilty how is it the one that never lied died a liar's death the one that never killed died a murderer's death the one that never blasphemed died a blasphemer's death and you know why he did it so that you could be saved and so that I could be saved he said if I die for you you won't have to die no wonder the old saints used to sing how great 
God is unto us. No wonder they were saying songs about angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Shout hallelujah. And so we find out here now, Jesus says, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah. And now you're going to be called Peter. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church. Jesus did not build his rock on Peter. He did not build the church on Peter. He built the church on the revelation that Peter received, that Jesus Christ is the son of God. The church was built on the fact that Jesus is who he said he is. How many of you know that Jesus ain't never lied about who he said he is? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't lie when he said that. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. He said, I am. I am my father of one. Before Abraham was, I am. He said, I am the light. I am that bread that comes down from heaven. I'm the meat that you need. He said, if you drink of me, hallelujah, you shall need a thirst again. Hallelujah. I'm the one that calls rivers of living water to well up in your soul. I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. I am the one. I am that God that came down from glory. I am the one that was manifested in the flesh. I am the one that came down to get you. I am the arm of God. I am the branch. I am the root. I am the king. I am the Lord. I am that God. I am that father. I'm the good shepherd. All that you need, I am. Hallelujah. And, 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 and uh, Jesus uh, built the church on this foundation. Can I hurt somebody's theology? If you don't have this foundation, you ain't built on the rock. Because Jesus Christ, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so now as we go on here, we see in verse 20, 19 that Jesus tells Peter since you know the foundation now, since you got the revelation now, I got something for you how many of you know that God got special stuff uh, for folk that know who he is uh, how many of you are glad to know him now, Paul said I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his sufferings uh, God I just want to know you he said I count everything I accomplished uh, but as dung why Paul just so I can know him are you willing to give up your job just so you can know Jesus? Are you willing to give up your friends just so you can know Jesus? Are you willing to give up on your goals just so you can know Jesus? I told the Lord the other day, Lord, you can keep my legal career. If it's going to keep me from you, I don't want it. God's going to make a way. God's going to provide. I got to be saved. I got to preach. I got to teach. I got to lay hands. I got to fast. I got to help God's people. Hallelujah. God says here, ah, we are built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And after the cornerstone falls on the day of Pentecost, we see the church in full effect. Ah, the church is so great that the first sermon preached over 2,000 souls got saved. The church is so great that when the apostles went out, people were walking their shadows and be 
healed just by being in their shadow. The church was so great that all the poor people's needs were being met. The church was so great that sick people were coming unto the apostles and crippled, lame in heart and walking away. And one guy, Peter and Paul, Peter and John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I unto thee. Take up your bed and walk. Oh, what kind of power is in the church? We see demons being cast out in God's church. We see the blind eyes being opened in God's church. And so now we realize that the church is the greatest entity that has ever been placed in the earth and now I've made up my mind that no matter what happens in this time if I live another 10 years if I live another 5 years God just give me the church I may not get the career I want but God give me the church I may not get the family that I want but God just give me the church. I may not get the money that I want, but God keep me safe. I ain't got to be a millionaire, but I got to make the rapture. I ain't got to have all these friends, but I got to go back with the Lord. I ain't got to have what Johnny, Joe, and Sue have, but I got to live holy. I got to live righteous. I got to live sanctified. I got to be without spot or wrinkle or any such blemish and the only place that's going to prepare me is the Lord's church. You better thank God every day for the church of the living God. You better thank God the blood is in the church. The healing is in the church. The power is in the church. Lord just give me the church. Just give me the tongue talking folk. Just give me the praying folk. Just give me the ham and organ. Just give me the drums. Just give me the choir. Just give me the preacher. Just give me the Bible study. Just give me the shut-in. Just give me the prayer meeting. Just give me the rehearsal. Just give me the bucking. Just give me the running. Just give me the jumping. Just give me the blessed oil. Just give me the saints. Let me lay out on the altar. Let me cry out before God. Lord, whatever you do, take not thine holy spirit away from me lord lord please they lying down here don't leave me lord please they killing down here don't leave me hold me i got to make it god just give me the church 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 amen and amen we hope that you have received something valuable from this message. We want to thank you for your time and support. God loves you and so do we. We hope that you have a blessed and happy new year. Lord willing, we will see y'all in 2022. God bless y'all and we love y'all. Amen.